Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to Climbing the Pocket Network's In the Huddle, where your favorite Climbing the Pocket personalities get together and talk all things Minnesota Vikings. And we are back. We are live. It's Tuesday, so it's time for In the Huddle. My name is Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason, and I am here with the crew in the hoodies to talk a little bit about these Vikings. Uh... We're just going to jump right into this thing today. We got Miles laying back. My man, how you doing? How you been? No, I mean, I'm just treating it like the way the Vikings have been treating football you know, all season. Just kind of laying, laying back. <laughs> Miles is bringing that fourth that. quarter lack of hey, urgency we, in here. If, Miles if running win, a two-minute drill. Yeah, if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. As long as everybody's having fun. There we go. We're having fun. We're chilling. It's good times for all. Flip, my man. You finally got to see the whole game. You know, you can't watch games from games, but here you are. How you doing? How you been? Um, hey, I'm doing well, as best as I can for a, a one in three football team right now. We got we got the hoodie solidarity happening. It's 81 degrees out here, <laughs> but I'm, I'm wearing the hoodie for y'all. Let's talk about it then. You said as good as we can be doing for a one in three team. And before we get in, we just got to say what's up, Mary, Raymond. Good to see you. I heard my man Joseph is in there. I can't see his comments, but, you know, there he is. Joseph Shea, how you doing? Flame throwing flip. I don't know. We got laid back flip right now. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, let's hop in. Let's talk about this team. Let's talk about these Vikings. Because, I mean, I guess two things can be true at once. The team is one and three. But it does appear that they are like the best one in three team in the league that they've played many of these teams that are actually good as closely as anyone else played them all year. And I guess flip, I want to get your take on not just the game, but like it's, it's what would have been the quarter season mark in a regular season before we added this extra game in. So this is usually around when we start to get a feeling for what a team is or isn't and where we're going to go sitting at one and three, but being really competitive against some good teams, what are your thoughts on the Vikings, generally speaking? And then, like, what were your thoughts coming away from this horrible stinker of a performance against the Cleveland Browns? Uh, yeah, my my general thoughts are one and three. We were one and five last year. It's headed down the exact same road. You want to look at where we were last year. We were one and three heading into an easy game against the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, here we are again, one and three heading into an easy game. 
And yes, the Vikings went on that run last year, but what was the end result? It was seven and nine and they missed the playoffs. So the Vikings can get hot right now. Great. But we've already learned in the first four games that the, there is a there's a ceiling on this team and it's not as high as we want it to be. It it yeah, it would be great to reel off some wins here to get to 500 and then start talking about playoffs. But what are they going to do in those playoffs? What have we seen that makes you think that they're going to play and beat the Arizona Cardinals when we play them again? So that's the question here is, are we just okay? Are we lowering our expectations after starting one and three? Or do we still have the same expectations that we had at the start of the year? I don't know. And so in the comments, Double Doing saying the Vikes are good losers. And uh, Miles, I don't know. Do you feel like maybe as a fan base, we become good losers? Because there seems to be a lot of moral victories going on. Like, well, you know, they're playing the good teams really tight. And I know that, like, you you hate that line of, of, of reasoning. I can't so, stand it. Yeah, talk to me about it. Why does it make you so upset? I can't stand the idea that we're supposed to be okay with losing in general. It doesn't – like, the Vikings are supposed to – like Flip said, the Vikings are supposed to be one of those good teams. So – when they play good teams, they're supposed to win some of those football games. So this logic that, well, they played them well, no, win the game and continue to win some of those games. Like that's the, that's been the biggest issue we've seen in the last three, four years of the, of, you know, of the Minnesota Vikings. I'm not even going to put it on just Kirk. I'm not going to put it on just Zim as a collective. This team has struggled to beat good football teams consistently. They beat up on the bad teams typically outside of the Atlanta Falcons last year. And, and some and stuff like that every once in a while, but like, or the Buffalo Bills in twenty eighteen. But like again, that stuff happens. They should be beating up on the bad teams. They should also be beating good teams consistently, uh, at a better clip than what they're doing, at, or at a better rate than what they're doing right now. So that's the issue I have. Is like the Vikings are the Vikings were one and two heading into Sunday, and everyone's like, well, we got to be talking about Kirk Cousins for MVP, talking about playoffs, yada yada. Let's let's let a few games happen first. Let's see if the, the team can beat a couple of these good teams rather than after the fact being like, well, they're supposed to lose to those teams. If they're supposed to lose to those teams, then this team's not ready to be this team's not in a position long short term or long term for the current people that are in place. If they're if that's the if that's the, if that's a fact, get rid of everybody and, and start over because this team, eight years into Mike Zimmer, over a decade with Rick Spielman. And they've handpicked all of the current current players essentially at almost every position that they want. And the idea is they're supposed to be a good football team and they're just not up to par. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and Miles, just to to put some numbers to what you're saying there, it was uh, it was tweeted out after the game, but Mike Zimmer is now seventeen and forty one. That's a twenty nine percent winning percentage against teams that finish the season with a winning record. Uh, the Vikings are five and twenty-one against those same teams since Kirk Cousins signed in twenty eighteen. So uh, it appears the combination of Kirk and Zimmer has made Zim's struggles handshake even worse. Emoji. Where's the handshake emoji? <laughs> yeah, and Maybe yeah, you know, uh, I, I love the stat. I, I I think that we will always criticize and judge both Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer on results, we always should be. I know there's been a lot of finger pointing. There's been a lot of pie charts of blame. The 
Number one thing I've seen over the first four, four games of this season, it is not about Mike Zimmer. It is not about Kirk Cousins. And we need to be critical about this roster that was good on paper. I love you, Mary Fisk. This team is not good on paper. And you go into this year, you talk about all the players that they brought in and whether they would or not or wouldn't work out. Rashad Hill's not working out. Dalvin Cook isn't working out. Anthony Barr hasn't seen the field. DJ Wanham isn't working out. Nick Vigil can't hold serve. Rashad Breeland isn't working out. So let's stop talking about Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins all the time. This this team is chock full of bad players. Let's call them back because that's the only way we're going to get better over the next four games. That's fair. Bad. That is fair. I mean, yeah, and I feel like people have been rightly critical of the idea that, like, Rashad Hill starting was just going to be okay or, like, moving on from, from a reef. Like, oh, yeah, things – yeah, reef was no good. Like, anyone we put in there is going to be just as good as, as Bradley Reef. And, uh, I mean, I think we're starting to see that none of those things are really coming to fruition. And even some of the hand-picked players that, you know, we you know, maybe got too excited about, as Flip would like to remind us, uh, Rashad Breeland putting up numbers when it doesn't matter and is now the mark in every game that we play where people just pick on him constantly. And Cam Dansler comes in, finally, plays well. He's got covid as does Harrison gotta, Hand and I Michael mean, Pierce. Gotta figure all that is, out. What is what is Chris Herndon doing? What is D.D. Westbrook doing? Bad players all over this football team. Ole Udo, okay, he's better than Dakota Dozier, but is he actually a good football player? Probably not. Garrett Bradbury, have we seen any type of actual progression in year three? Probably not. Those, so you, those are the guy. Those are the names we should be pointing out. Flip. I don't really yes. care about some of the vet, the veteran minimum guys because, like, to your point, you may, you've made this point really well, Flip. Those players shouldn't – the expectations for a veteran minimum player shouldn't be this, like, astronomical, they're going to change our our team's outlook. Like, because those aren't – that's not what those – like, you don't sign a player to a, a, a veteran minimum contract for that player to be, like, a game a game-changing. They're not going to be the player that, like, should change the outcome of your season, essentially. So, like – you have D.D. Westbrook, Mackenzie Alexander, which Mackenzie's a little bit of a different story, mainly because of the history. But, like, Stephen Weatherly kind of gets lumped into that. Nick Vigil's in that range. Bashad Breland, Xavier Woods. Like, those guys are kind of like fill-in players. But they're not like they need to change the outcome of the season players. They're just, like, supposed to be there to help. But it's the like to Flip's point, it's the Garrett Bradbury's. It's the Ezra Cleveland's, the um, – the, uh, well, I said Stephen Weatherly already, but like he's Steve kind of Weatherly. in that range. Yeah. But like uh, DJ Wanham, like it's it's all of those collective players that are more homegrown. It's like more of the homegrown issues that you're seeing more than I care about the outside free agents because the outside free agents were guys that they had to bring in because they struggled in the development aspect of things or finding talent through the draft or through like other means of free agency. So like. Those are the guys that I, I look at as like those are the ones that are supposed to be your core players that are supposed to be the ones helping you get over the hump. And those other players that are like the veteran free vet vet minimum free agents are kind of the fillers, essentially. So now that we've started 
and we and to Flip's point, we've seen you know what would have been a quarter of the season, and we see this team that we thought looked good on paper. They brought in some names that we we recognize, so maybe we just tend to overvalue the names that we've heard before, either from fantasy football or at some point they picked on the Vikings, and you know we had to bring them in to see if they could do the same thing on the other side. Should it be more about Spielman? The conversation that we're having, because it seems like that's like what we're dancing around a little bit, like, you know, the draft. Is it the draft? Is it the development? Or is it just that, like, everybody got to go? Because I know it's, it's, I mean, it's been a while since we had Flip that fired up. Where, I, what I are mean, we really saying here? I, I th- you Again, you want to talk about pie charts. It's a third all the way around. It's not a good match. But also, we talk about Zimmer and Cousins all the damn time. Like, look at all this 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 crap that we have on this team that like, if you want to talk how this team is going to get better, if they fire Mike Zimmer right now, it's not going to make a lick of difference. Okay. Cam Dantzler is not going to turn into some superstar. DJ Wanham is not going to respond better to the interim head coach. Okay. Dalvin cook is still going to be behind some weak ass run blocking. So don't come at me talking about, fourth down conversion decisions and two minute timeout calls when that is like so little of how terribly we've played what we have, how many good star players can we actually depend on have been good for all four games this season. It's been like Justin Jefferson, Daniel Hunter. Can we even give Justin Jefferson all four? I'm sorry. I know we can't even give Justin Jefferson. I don't know if we can give Justin Jefferson all four because we were talking about what's going on with Justin at the beginning of the season. But to to Flip's point, like Justin's still like you know one of those. He's an ascended player. Yeah, yeah. He's still one of the only players that is consistently doing something for this team that like is a positive. Like maybe Brian O'Neill, definitely not Dalvin Cook. Maybe Daniel Hunter, Eric Kendricks. I'll give you that, but. I mean, it's like four guys. And and what, two of them are young? So Rick Spielman gotta go. Has to go. <laughs> I fire him before I fire Mike Zimmer right now. Because what, we're Oof. gonna give Clint Kubiak a, a a little interim head coach run? He's got his hands full. He can't he can't figure out a second half. Oh, it'd be Andre Patterson. Right now. It'd be Andre Patterson. It, okay, Andre Patterson. So, well, he'd probably like. Have, he'd probably what are the actual with, options with to improve the team? If you want to fire Mike Zimmer, what are the options? There are no options. This is firing Mike Zimmer is giving up on this year, and Rick Spielman has to be a part of that cleanse. If that's the way you want to go, what are the options? Tank. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe we can live in some miracle world where Christian Darius comes in and he's a stud. And, you know, DJ Wanham turns a corner and Anthony Barr comes back and he makes a huge difference, which he has never done in his entire career. Maybe we can live in that fantasy world. But let's be honest. This is the same thing as it is last year. Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman, Kirk Cousins, you get my football team to 500. You get back to a three and three record. And if you don't, you all got to go. I love it. I love it. So with that said, the Browns game, like when you watched that oh, game, yeah. was was there anything that you took away from that game other than we were just outmatched in that game? Because when like it did feel 
with as like the Browns felt like the better team, but they also seemed to want us to win that game very badly. Like Baker, Ryan's boy Baker, I feel like he might have put money on us because he really, really wanted us to win that game. Like Baker Mayfield was terrible <laughs> throughout that game. Like the only reason that game wasn't a blowout is because Baker he bet the under and maybe he put some money on the Vikings. So like Flip, when you watch that game. Did you have any takeaway that other than like our team is just bad, or did you see anything in there that like gave you maybe a, a glimmer of hope for the next few games that, that we have coming up over the over the schedule? I, you know, I will I will caveat and say that I expected the Vikings to lose that game. Uh, now, going into it with that expectation, do you know what type of offensive or defensive performance you're going to see? Not necessarily. But I think the one thing that's not being talked about enough is not just, you know, Baker, Baker didn't play well, but like, goodness, the defense is getting a free pass right now for literally fixing none of their issues. Um, none of them. They got basically a, a bottom, a bottom tier quarterback performance and they still you know, weren't able to stop them. Sure, they only let up 14 points, but they let up 180 yards. That's not good defense. That was not a good defensive performance. That was a bad defensive performance bailed, bailed, bailed out by an even worse quarterback performance. So I don't, I'm not resting my laurels going into next week, going into the, the Lions game saying, oh, at least we got a good defense. I'm not going into the Cowboys game in a few weeks acting like this team can stop Dak Prescott or like we can stop stop Lamar Jackson. I mean, Deshaun on the show last night is talking about how the Vikings are going to go three and one. Who's going to stop Lamar Jackson on the Minnesota Vikings right now? Who's going to stop Dak Prescott? I took no positives away from that game because the defense also did not play well. Miles, how about you? Yeah, I, I agree. Everything that Flip is saying, the, the defense got off the hook because they they ended up only giving up 14 points because of a myriad of reasons, uh, mainly Baker. But but to Flip's point, uh, there was it was still wasn't good. Uh, they still let up a lot of good drives and um, key moments, key situations too, like late uh, and, and those types of things. But um, anyways, I don't, I just don't know what to do with this team because like going into the season, all those expectations, the, the Browns game was a really good opportunity. You saw how, how the fans are riled up. You know, you, they have, the Vikings have a home field advantage that not a lot of stadiums get, get like the LA chargers last night beat a Las Vegas Raiders team at home, but they might as well have been on the road. And like, they still find ways to win football games, even if they're ugly football games. Like, that's okay. Like, every game doesn't need to be, like, perfect. Find a way to win or find a way to, like, keep yourself in the game. And you didn't see it in that second half especially. Like, that first drive was – it was like the 20, 2017 NFC Championship game. Like, that first drive, you're like, oh, man, we're going to kill him. We're, we're going to roll. What I think people need to remember about first drives is those are all scripted plays. So the second you get away from your scripted plays, things change. Things were rolling for the Vikings on that first drive because the scripted plays were working. But people forget that defenses make adjustments to what you do. So once things aren't working perfectly, 
if you yourself can't make adjustments to to fix the adjustments against the defense, then you're not doing yourself any favors. And the Vikings didn't do that on Sunday. And that that goes to Clint, that goes to Kirk, that goes to everybody. I'm not just trying to make this a Kirk Zim thing, like to Flip's point. This is about everybody. It's a collective unit. The O-line got beat the hell up. Like it wasn't even just Miles Garrett and, and Jadavion Clowney. Um uh Malik McDowell, he <laughs> abused our interior offensive line. And I was told that he wasn't very good. Well, he looked pretty damn good on Sunday. So There was one made, point like, on that final drive where Garrett Bradbury was behind Kirk Cousins in the pocket because <laughs> Malik McDowell had jacked him up so bad. Yeah, And Malik McDowell was someone we were talking smack about as Vikings fans going into this game, talking about he wasn't any good. And he murdered yep. our first round pick at center. He he murdered him, and he's the guy that they chose to keep over Sheldon Richardson. And guess who's on the Minnesota Vikings team right now? Sheldon Richardson is he bodying people like that? I'm not seeing it. Like our pass rush isn't isn't consistent enough. Our DBs are getting murdered. Like the the Browns didn't have they had Odell Beckham Jr. and then they have a few guys that are are like late round draft picks or guys that are kind of just like depth pieces. And they still gave up big plays or would have given up big plays if Baker wasn't trash. And so I don't know what to do with the team right now. I, I said, was it last week? I don't like to make like rash, like overreacting, like the season's over, like takes after every single game. That's why I don't like to tweet during the games because People make really like bold decisions in immediate moments like that. But like, I just don't know where this team's supposed to go. Like, even if they get to three and three, where are they supposed to go? Like they're supposed to beat the lions. So miss me. Like anybody can miss me with the, Oh my gosh, two and three. We're on our way back. You're supposed to beat a shitty lions team at home. So like, if you beat the shitty lions team, you're supposed to do that. Then you go on the road against Carolina. Carolina, like Denver, that might be a paper tiger. Like, they they might not be that good of a football team. So, like, you if you're supposed to beat teams you're supposed to beat, whoop-de-fucking-do. Start beating some of the teams you're not supposed to beat, and then let's have a conversation about where this team can actually go. So, I just want to see a little bit more consistency. Even on, like, we've seen some good football games from this team this, this year. They just need to finish. I just want to see start to finish a consistent football game. That doesn't mean they have to score 35 points. It doesn't mean they have to, you know, only give up seven or 14 points. But, like, we need more fighting on both sides of the ball consistently, and we're just not getting it, not not week in and week out. So, Flip, uh, Doug uh, from Facebook, he, he has a slightly different take than the one that you just had there. He says the team has too much talent, uh, cannot succeed, uh, there's anyone to blame is the coaches for using the same old game plan for every game and never making any adjustments until it's too late. So is it that we have some good players and the coaches don't know how to use them or that the team is just trash and it doesn't matter who's coaching. They're just not talented enough to win. Where are you at with it? I think Doug's got the laziest Vikings take on the internet right now. I mean, Doug's probably that same guy who's comparing <laughs> the Kirk Cousins check down to like that Brett Favre, Greg Lewis touchdown. Like that has anything to do with anything, Doug. There is no doubt of what we're seeing on the field. Our players are not that good. 
you've got Malik McDowell bodying Ole Udo, bodying Garrett Bradbury, bodying Ezra Cleveland. If we had, if those three players were good, a guy like Malik McDowell would not be able to do that. You've got Rondale Moore torching Bashad Breeland. If Bashad Breeland were any good, he wouldn't be getting burned by a first round rookie. That rookie is more talented than Bashad Breeland. You've got Nick Vigil. He's made one play all season. He oh, Miles, Miles put his hand up. Go, Flip. go ahead. Go I'll, ahead I'll, I'm, I'm waiting. No, no, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I just, <laughs> I just saw Doug. I just saw Doug's comment about fixing the offensive line cheap. How are they fixing the offensive line cheap? Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what else we could talk about. The, they've spent a first round pick on the left tackle. They set a second round pick on the left guard. First round pick on the center. Only Udo's an up and comer, but they also have a third round pick behind him. And a second round pick that they just gave $92.5 million to at right tackle. I don't understand where the cheap comes from. The development we can talk about. You can talk about the lack of development all day, but don't tell me that they haven't put in an investment at the offensive line. That's just bullshit. And and look, sorry I'm for, not saying that the coaching doesn't have to improve. No, it's all good, Miles. I'm not saying that the coaching doesn't have room for improvement. Of course they can improve on the coaching right now. But this roster, if you thought it was good on paper, you learned – over the course of the first month, you were wrong. This this team is not good on paper. Look, the Vikings signed how many? They signed like what? Nine, ten, one year free agents? Which they one of those guys is 40, getting paid? They spent over $40 million. If the season ended right now, which one of those one year guys is getting paid? <laughs> not none, of them. <laughs> no. none of them. You're none right. of them are no. getting paid because none of them have been any good. I'm trying to think of it. Yeah. And we're not attacking. They're going to be begging the we're, Vikings we're to, the to re-sign them. And, I mean, that's true. And Tanishka's still mad the rookies aren't playing. Hey, t- hey Tanishka's <laughs> out here just, like, vent- venting hard, and I respect it. And I, I appreciate it. Tanishka had some stuff to – she just needs to, to, to get out. Na- and, and Xavier you know? Woods is going to get a, a big two-year, $6 million contract. <laughs> She's like, hooray. <laughs> None of these guys are playing, man. I will give Woods, I will give Vigil for what he was, what he's been asked to do. And then that's about it. Okay. 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 I guess Patrick McKenzie. Peterson has a, like a leadership standpoint, but he's not McKenzie. working. McKenzie. McKenzie. I'll, I'll McKenzie give him hasn't been very good. Go look at the numbers. <laughs> Go look at the numbers. I was we trying, Miles. We have a PFF subscription. I'm a McKenzie Alexander fan, but like. <laughs> Those numbers do not look good. I'm not sending me to, to check. I was trying, you know. We can said, barely find one of these guys. Patrick Peterson is like the only, the, like the only guy, but like he's not, he's not worth the nine million dollars they're paying him. No. No. So and I like Pat Pete. So look, it for me again. It goes when you're under five hundred. I agree with Tanishka. Let's get the rookies in there. Greg Joseph has been pretty reliable, so if he keeps that up, he can stick around for 2022. Uh, let's get Christian Derrissaw in there. Let's get Wyatt Davis going. Let's start to grow with K.J. Osborne. Chris Herndon, I'm not sure if I need to mention your name anymore because, I'm, I mean, he's so silent on game day, I don't even think he knows his own name at this point. That was, Definitely doesn't that know. Was, I, the, that, was that trade is awful. <laughs> 
and and that is purely Rick Spielman, purely. That's and Miles is not wrong. Uh, Mackenzie's coming in with a coverage grade of 50, 51.3. That's not good. We actually don't have Cam Dantzler. I don't even care about run defense. He's at a 68.1 for his coverage grade. And um, he's our only coverage player at cornerback that's grading in – as at least okay. Everybody else is terrible. Season to date. Mr. Shea going in at Deshaun. Now, hey, <laughs> I, I, look, I, I, I 100% think that, you know, I'm not saying that the Vikings aren't going to win any games for the rest of the year. But the games they do win, uh, those to me have been because of coach, like that Seattle win. It wasn't just talent. The Vikings coach the crap out of that game um and overall if you want to like nitpick around some fourth down decisions um in in the first two games if you want to nitpick about you know two minute drives fine go ahead but also realize that like we had a bunch of grown men show up for week one they hadn't played in front of fans in 700 days and they got scared they panicked for the entire game, the first game of the year. So how is that not eventually on them? We had same guys, you know, week two. They didn't stop nobody. They didn't stop a single person. We've seen the pass defense get exposed. We've seen the run defense get exposed. We've seen the run offense fall apart. We've seen the pass offense fall apart. So tell me what is dependable about this team? What do you know you're going to get week in and week out that's going to help you win football games? Until I see some that, uni- there's just – there's nothing to talk about. Some Lean into the Kirk. Fall apart. Lean into the Kirk. That's what it is. I mean, Jesse, you asked the – like, what do we – what do you need to do to turn it around? Like, they need to lean into Kirk Cousins like we've talked about. Like, we've we've talked about this on multiple time in the pocket in the huddle shows. They seem to let Kirk let it rip. You have Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, who's breaking out. When Dalvin Cook's healthy, you got Dalvin Cook still. Like the offensive line isn't awful. It's just Sunday was just really bad. But like they could they could have done things to help mitigate some of that pass rush that they didn't do to make adjustments. So like they're they need to just score a lot of points. Like yep. like last just like last year, they were an, a trash defense last year. Score a lot of points. They didn't be. They didn't win a lot of games because the overall team just wasn't very good. But like they have a better team this year, so like just score more points and hope you get a stop here and there. Like that's kind of like where they're at. They have to be like a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. They have to be a team like um, who am I thinking of? Um, the well, no, Cleveland not the Rams, Browns. but Cleveland Brown. Oh yeah, in a way the Cleveland Browns, but the Cleveland Browns probably have a better talented defense. But anyways, like overall. Like they need to lean into the offense and let the offense be the catalyst that wins them football games because the defense obviously isn't that anymore. So I think Zim needs to swallow his pride, which we're not going to see. And he needs to kind of loosen those reins a little bit. Don't give up the big plays anymore. Like you got to, we got to stop being as aggressive as he is. Like, because the one thing that Zim used to always rely on, and this is what we saw on Sunday with Cleveland, they got to rely on rushing four and letting everybody else into coverage 
because the four guys up front would win consistently. They don't have that right now, so they're not. You don't. You're not going to see them be able to win consistently again with with four because they only have one guy that can can consistently win out of the four. So that, like, that's the that's the biggest issue I have is you need to adjust your personnel because your personnel doesn't fit what you specifically want to do anymore. So you got to make sure you can adjust to fit what your players' strengths are, and it's just not there for what Zim wants to do. And I know we saw the three, four stuff and that's cool. Those are cool wrinkles and all that. But like, I think Zim needs to, to dial things back a little bit and find more creative ways to get his defense on to, to stiffen up. Honestly, that's, that's just where it is. Yeah. So Miles, I, I have I, a question I, for you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Flip. Go ahead, Flips. No, I, I think we can hope for an improved passing game and improve performance rushing the passer as Everson Griffin starts to grow into the offense or into the defense. I think those are probably the best things that the Vikings can hang their hats on right now. They can start to rush the passer, hopefully, with the deal Hunter back and healthy. Maybe Anthony Barr helps with that and their unique fronts. And Zim can drop a blitz anytime you need him to. So I think you can mm-hmm. count on that. And then, again, the passing offense, it's just time to open things up. You're one and three. It's time to let it rip. All right. So, Miles, early in the season, and it was something that was maybe hinted at by uh, by the QB coach in the offseason, talking about running some more of the quick game, getting the ball out of Kirk's hands fast. Um, and it's something that we saw early in the season. Kirk was balling, but a lot of what he was doing, low average depth of target, get back, diagnose what was, up, what was happening out. in the defense quickly, get the ball out. But what they've seemed to kind of trade off on that is you're getting the ball out quickly, but the other side of that is that they're not doing a lot of the things that make QBing easy on Kirk. Like, they're not doing as much play action. They're not moving the pocket as much as they used to. And so one of the things a lot of people do want to know is, given the limitations that it appears we still have on the offensive line, where's the balance? Like, how can the Vikings find balance in the quick game that's not asking the offensive line to do too much with also like the play action and some of those other things that allow them maybe to take some more of those big shots down the field. Like, I guess for you, Miles, if you're, you're talking about adjustments that the team can make going forward, like how can they make some adjustments that maybe cover up some of the deficiencies in the pass game if we are going to open it up with Kirk Cousins and let him actually like be the engine of the offense? Well, so to the point of like the, the death by a thousand cuts, like the short, quick passes, those things, that's not a bad bad way to help mitigate pass rush. That's a, that's a really good way to, to get creative, get the, get your playmakers, the ball, which I, I've talked about ad nauseum about get Justin Jefferson, get Adam Thielen, get those guys, the ball consistently. Um, but if you're going to do that, it also means you need to lessen the amount of long, second and long first down and second, second and long rushing attempts, because that's where they're getting themselves into holes because the offense last year, or, you know, in previous years with Kevin Stefanski, Gary Kubiak, they were a run first team, but a lot of their their run fakes and a lot of their passing passing game was about the um, taking explosive plays and, and having explosive plays, which opened up the, the which opened up the passing game because yeah, they might have they might have seen a little bit more pressure, but they also had more opportunities to get the ball downfield, which helped helped them get away from if we can't make a play on second and long and, and we run the football, well, hopefully we can convert and, and do some of those things and attack the defense a little bit uh, explosively. 
But right now, they're still doing the same type of offense, but they're not attacking, attacking the defense down the field explosively anymore. They're not doing, like you said, the play actions the way they were. They're not, they're, but they're still running the ball in second and 10, first and, first and 10. Like, they're still doing those things and then asking to throw a three, four-yard pass uh, you know, on third down, and it, it it's just not adding up. So, like, if you're going if you're going to go into the let's do the quick passes, get the ball out, do those types of things, you need to actually lessen the amount of run it, rushing the football on second and long situations than what they're what they're doing right now. If they want, like, and stop always needing to run on first down. You don't need to always run the ball on first down. Let first down dictate a little bit of explosions like that those are the perfect times to take shot plays at uh at, on play action like i've heard people tell me on second and long why would why would a team run play action there uh, uh, uh why would a defense fall for a play action well they run the football on second and long so you're going to tell me that a defense wouldn't then in turn also think that a play action might like you couldn't run a play action off of that like it it's just about i i think clint has the has a good idea but what i think he needs to adjust is you need to lean into one one or the other. Like, if you want to always be a run team, that's fine. But you also need to have the play action and the explosive plays op- tagged off of those that we're not seeing. I think the screen game's been fantastic. I think they need to keep sprinkling that stuff in and, and keep putting that in the in the playbook that we didn't see last year. But I think they need to tag more play action and things off of uh, – for explosive passing plays off of the run game rather than just the short, quick game off of the run game because that's not – it's not getting it done. Flip, is this week a get-right game against the Lions? Is no, it a get-right game? Going, going to t- getting to two and three is not a get-right. You did not get right if you beat <laughs> the Lions. You are still wrong. <laughs> well, and, and, the, and to the point of that is, like, who cares how you beat the Lions? Like, people are going to be like, well, you better, you better beat them by 20 points. Just win the game. I'm at a point like just just win football games, yeah. Just win. I don't care how you win anymore. I mean, maybe if you want to paint it as a a win where we actually see some of these bums actually start to play well, maybe we see Christian in the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what, but that's what it it always turns into. Like you beat a shitty team, and people are like, "Oh my god, it's time! (laughs) It's time!" Yeah, you know, I I will say to Miles' point about the offense, I think last game against Cleveland was a game where we really miss Irv Smith the most, just the idea of a dual threat tight end that would help you get into some more max max protect formations that you could still run or pass out of. And you replace that guy with with that Herndon dude, and you you can just see that he's kind of rigid in his personnel. So maybe if they can figure out tight end, get into some of those heavy sets that worked for them last year, maybe if like a Kenny Nwangu um, is able to enter the picture at running back, like man, watching Monday night football, the Chargers threw two touchdown passes to two random ass tight ends. And then they threw another touchdown Jared pass Cook's to random? Eckler on, on a, on yeah, a wheel route. Yeah. Jared, Jared Cook is random as hell. You mean uh, almost, almost former Viking Jared Cook? But, like, when have we seen the Vikings throw a touchdown on a wheel route? When have we seen them, seen, like, a running back beat a linebacker in one-on-one coverage for it to go to a touchdown? It's just 
some of these things, some of these skill sets we don't even have on this team. So it's the middle of the season. You can't just trade for these guys. You've got to grow them. I don't know. Maybe Keenan McCardle can grow D.D. Westbrook into a gadget running back. I mean, I hear they had a previous relationship, so that's all going to work out. <laughs> you don't worry. <laughs> well, all right. We've made wait, it through real, everything real on the list. Wait, yeah, go wait, ahead, Miles. <laughs> the Kenny Nwangu thing, I think that, honestly, like, yeah. if you're going to draft a guy like him, use him. And you can use him effectively. So I would love for them to get creative with him and, and let him be a gadget guy. Let him be a guy that, like, you see uh, Felton for the Cleveland Felton. Browns. Why yeah. can't uh, why can't Kenny Wongu do that? Why can't you have? Why can't he be a little bit of your, like your Cream Hunt? Why can't he be a guy that uh, I had a perfect um, comp for like what they could, how they could use him. I'm, I'll, I'll remember later. I'll probably remember after the show's over. But um, Eric like you Metcalf. can get the get the ball in his hands. Let what's that? Eric Metcalf. Uh. <laughs> but like get him the ball. Like let him use his speed and space. Like let him be a playmaker for you in creative ways. Like he he doesn't have to just be a guy that spells Dalvin Cook or spells Alexander Madison or is just a special teams player. Let him be an effective player on your offense. Otherwise, what was the point of drafting him? Um, to be a third a third running back and be a special teams guy like that just felt like that'd be a waste. Then what's the point of caring about his speed? Um, and then the last part I wanted to touch on was the stupid hail mary shit. Um, that three yard that three yard pass to get three yards to go from the thirty five to the thirty two or whatever it was. Like people are really like making that. Like I'm not making this a huge deal, but the idea that you shouldn't take a chance with that throw into the end zone because you might throw an interception is like the most ludicrous shit I've ever heard. Like you have to put the ball in the end zone at some point to try to score a touchdown, right? Like you're down a touchdown. So you need to try to score a touchdown, but people are in turn afraid to throw an interception. Like who are people, what Miles? The, what's the point? Miles, who are people? I don't, there are Vikings fans out there defending this shit. And so it, it just doesn't make sense to me that like, you should like you should ha- want as many opportunities into the end zone as possible in that situation. So instead of throwing a three yard pass to and to waste five seconds of the clock, put that ball in the end zone. And if it gets picked up, like people are like, oh, they're going to criticize Kirk for throwing an interception. I don't care if he throws an interception there because he's at least taking a chance to score a touchdown. Like because that's what they need is a touchdown. So if he throws an interception, who cares? You're trying to throw a touchdown. Like that, like if he had thrown a touchdown on the last play of the game, I wouldn't have cared either. Like he's a like that was an awful throw, by the way. But I I don't even care. Like, at least he put the ball near the end zone. Like the, I think you <laughs> just right. you just hit on a very you hit on a very important point, Miles, is too many of us as Vikings fans are too invested in in what the hell happens with Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. and not invested enough in whether the team wins or like, like we lost either way. Kirk throws an interception and we lose. Kirk skips it on the five yard line. We still lose. <laughs> and we lose. So like, exactly. Who cares? Like exactly. They both that's suck. That's both are ugly. They're both losses. I don't care about Kirk's Kirk stats. <laughs> yeah, I don't. And that's in that situation. I don't care if Kirk throws an interception. I want Kirk to be aggressive 
throwing the ball toward the in the end zone to give somebody a chance to score. Miles, but Kirk cares if Kirk throws an interception. So you have to. He did say that. Take that was, into, that was you have trash. to take his personal feelings into account here. Okay. <laughs> You're right. My bad. You are so right. I can't believe he said that. I can't believe I can't believe he he doubled down on the fact that like we just needed to get a little closer. Shut up, man. <laughs> All right, I got nothing else. Uh, as always, Flip, coming out with the flamethrower. It's great to have you on. Get you on here for a yeah. full show. Almost an hour of Flip spitting hot takes. Miles, as always, thanks for coming through. Mary, Tanishka, everybody in the comments. And our friends on Facebook, we love you too. Chuck, come back. Flip, you know, Flip, 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 he's a good Anytime. guy. He's a good guy. Come through, hang out with us. But that's it. That's all. Uh, David, where are you at? I'm hiding, but I'm laughing too hard at the flip. <laughs> oh, that was great. That was wonderful. Uh, $40 million worth of players just every every time, every Monday, they don't get any shade. It's all Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins get all the shade. Man, Bashar Breland, you better do something. Six, six Why is it just on Breland though? Like you better be having that energy for Mackenzie. You better have that. Yeah, I do. I do. Didi, leave Bashad alone, man. Man, Oli Udo, you think I'm happy? I ain't happy with no Oli Udo. (laughs) Better do something. I mean, Harrison doesn't even look like Harrison. He doesn't. No, that's because they can't use him like they use. They typically use Harrison because the corners suck. All right. Wrap it up, B. All right. We got it. We got to get Skull David, Vikes. David. Tomorrow night we have Vikings Happy Hour. Join us. Same time, same bad channel. It should be fun. Tomorrow's a special day. We'll have see you then. Skull, everybody. Skull. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And if you're listening on your favorite aggregator, make sure you rate us. And always feel free to join the conversation here at Climb in the Pocket. Skull, everybody. Skull.